Hey everybody, God bless you. This is Pastor Jonathan with the Church of Jubilee podcast. I pray that today's message may bless you and that it may encourage you. As we begin to look into 2019, we know that God is looking for available vessels. He's looking for jars and vessels that come from within that he wants to pour an overflow of faith into his spirit. He wants to overfill with his spirit into your life. But it only comes when you believe, just as the widow woman believed, that God would do the impossible by bringing the little bit of a jar that she had. She brought it and the Lord filled it and kept overflowing in it because that's how good God is. I pray that if you know somebody that needs to hear this message, that you share it. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We're constantly updating it. And we pray that God may bless you to have good faith's overflow, to understand that it is the amount of vessel, the jars that you bring to God, the vessels that you bring to God, that God is going to pour his spirit into you and overflow with the spirit of God and the favor of God in the name of Jesus. I pray that you have a blessed day, a blessed week, and that whenever you hear this message, it may bless your life in the precious name of Jesus. As always, subscribe. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Facebook page, CO Jubilee. May the Lord bless you. This is Pastor Jonathan. The Bible, the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Let's read it together. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. That's all I have. Then he said, go borrow vessels. Jars in other translations is what it's defined as. From everywhere, from all your neighbors, get empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. When you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour into the vessels and set aside the full ones. Verse 5 says, she went from him and shut the door from behind her and her sons who brought from the vessels from her to her and she poured it out verse 6 now it came to pass when the vessels were full she said to her son bring me another vessel then he said to her there was not another vessel so the oil ceased last verse verse 7 then she came and told the man of God and he said go sell the oil pay your debt and you and your sons will live on the rest I want you to know today, as you're having your seats, look to your neighbor. Why don't we do this? Go to your neighbor. Give him a high five. Go around the church right now. Give him a high five and say, faith's overflow. Tell him, faith's overflow. Faith's overflow. Hallelujah. We, we want to start getting a little engagement in the church. Hallelujah. You may have your seats giving glory to God when you're done. Faith's overflow, brother. Hallelujah. Today's message is no stranger in terms of words. It is faith's overflow. Amen. You've just recited the name, the title of this message. But before I get into the message, I want to give you some of the background that was happening so you understand what was going on. So the situation was this lady's husband served the prophet of God. Or not the exact prophet, but the guys that hung around the prophets that served the prophets. So he was like the big boss is the prophet. 
which is Elisha, and he was one of Elisha's supervisors, if you want to think of it like that, a manager, a supervisor, and he was in charge and everything. So she comes to him saying, you, you know, my husband has died, and society has failed to take care of me the way God had intended it to, because God intended the widows to be taken care of. But they weren't being taken care of in that time. And she comes up and says, my husband's passed. And then she reminds him and says, and he served you and God faithfully. Kind of like, why is this happening to me? If we served you with our lives, we gave you everything that we could. And, and now I have nothing in my house. I've sold my couches. I've sold whatever I've had. And all I have now left is my sons and a jar of oil. If you want to consider it a jar of oil, it's, it's barely a little bit. So this is what this lady comes to. She has a small amount of oil. It's barely even there. She's desperate. And even when the, when the prophet says, what do you have? She says, I only have that, that jar of oil. I don't have anything. I, have like, I barely have that. And she's in a situation that if she does not give in, if she does not allow, um, you know, the, if she doesn't pay these debts that she owes to these creditors, they're going to take her sons and they're going to make them slaves. And I love, the Lord was giving me, and I'm trying to get into it quick, but I want you to know that it's amazing because the church of Jubilee is based off of Jubilee in the Bible, which means on the 50th year, all the Israelites were free. If they were slaves like these young sons, they were free. They were free to go about, brother. They had no more debts anymore. It was like everybody's debt had been canceled. You live 40, 50 years, you live to that point, on the 50th year, they would celebrate and give glory to God, and nobody owed anybody anything at that point. Everything, All the land that was borrowed or sold to somebody went back to the original owner. Isn't that amazing? That's how God intended it. So this lady comes back and reminds him, and I'm sure her mind was at a point where she says, I, I, she probably felt stuck and said, how, how am I going to get out of this mess? I have nothing but a jar of oil. I have nothing to give to, to this creditor. And the only thing that's coming next is my family. So I know that the only place I can go is to the one that I served, the man that I served as a man of God, but most importantly to the God of Israel that I serve. She's probably thinking this. And she thinks what she has isn't enough. This is what I want you to understand. In her mind, she's already accepted that that jar is nothing, even though it has oil in there. She thinks it's nothing and she's hopeless and she's considering everything that's come against her. And she goes and reminds Elijah. She says, Elisha, you know, this, my husband served you. Come on, like, have compassion. Where's the, prom the promises of God that he promised upon my life and my husband's life? We've served you faithfully. Isn't that sound like a little bit like us? Doesn't that sound like us? God, where are you? Don't I serve you? Don't I not read the Bible at times? Don't I not pray to you? And then sometimes we're like, God's saying, I'm ready to use you. We're like, yeah, but all I have is this jar of oil. What can I give to God? What can I really do? What can I really give to God? All I have is this. All I have is this. We are in a time of life maybe where it doesn't seem fair. Maybe life doesn't seem fair. Is it fair for her? If you think about her in her mind, she's probably thinking it's not fair. She gave her whole life. You know, her and her husband devoted themselves to the man of God, serving God. And then she ends up owing debt. And she's about to, her sons are about to be repossessed, to be made as slaves. You know, I just thought about this lady and I was like, man, she has a tough time. We, we go through some times. We're already ready to throw in the towel. Amen. 
But we're trying to breathe at times in life, and it just seems like we only have one more breath left. We, we go through so many things, and life takes its beating on us that it goes from one bad thing to another. And then we begin to remind God, God, I'm a child of God, remember? I, I serve you, God. Where are you, God? How come you don't feel me, God? You with me? But Elisha tells this widow to go get some vessels. He says, what do you have? She says, all I have is this jar of oil. Get the jar of oil. Go start borrowing jars from everybody, all your neighbors. And she, he doesn't tell her what's going to happen. All he tells her is go get the jars. So in her mind, she can do two things. Say, this isn't going to work. What, okay, I'm going to go get empty jars to bring to this guy. Right? She could be thinking that. Or she might be having the most important thing. She might be thinking about it in a faithful manner and saying, look, if the man of God is telling me to go get these jars, I'm going to go get as many as I can because I don't know what's going to happen, but I know something's going to happen. Amen? And that's how you have to see your ministry and your calling that God has given you. It may not be much at first to start off with, but God is telling you, go get all the vessels. Go begin to get all the jars. Go get jars from the place that belongs to you. Go look for those places that don't belong. Get those places, get those jars, and bring them to the feet of Jesus. Because what God is about to do in your life is about to transform the way you will think forever. Hallelujah. You're about to experience an overflow of faith. And it's going to come because the more jars that you get, the bigger the faith that you're going to have. Hallelujah. Can you, can you dig it? Amen. Can you dig that? Hallelujah. He tells her to go borrow some, some from her neighbors. Bring as many as you can that God fills. You see, if you must understand one thing, it's that Elisha was telling her, I'm gonna, God is going to give to you according to your faith. According to your faith. What if she would have went to her neighbor, the four neighbors in front of her and said, can I get a jar? She brings four jars. Here, I got four jars. Well, she only would have gotten four jars of oil. But she didn't do that. She went and got all kind of jars. I mean, the, the word of God was very clear that she went and she went around and, and got a lot of empty vessels. And, and, you know, this widow's faith was something that you must understand. Her faith was being manifested in the jars. And I want you to take away that because some of us have empty jars in our life. Some of us have things that we have not yet taken to God and said, God, can you fill this jar up? And, and then when God says, I want to do something with you, all we say is, well, I have some empty jars, God. Do you want to use those? Because they're empty. I know you're looking for full jars, right, God? No, he's not. Hallelujah. But the more jars she was willing to borrow and bring, the more oil God was willing to put into the, uh, to the jars. Hallelujah. And it was her faith that kept the oil flowing. You see, she, this is important. You have to get this. This is this powerful message that God has given me. This jar is, is, is significant, uh, significant of the life that you and I live. It's empty at times. And, and we don't get blessed at times. And we go to God and remind him, well, God says, what are you willing to use? What, what are you willing to give up in life that's going to be to serve? me what are you willing to go around and grab grab some of those empty jars and say I hear God fill these up and guess what God I'm gonna go back and get some more jars and I'm gonna go to the enemy's territory of the jars that he stole from me and I'm gonna bring them back so you can fill them even more hallelujah you with me the wit the window the widow's woman this widow woman's faith was being manifest in the jars she brought jars because she believed she said, I don't know what God's going to do, but I know he's going to do something great. So the more available the vessels, the more pouring in God would do for her. Hallelujah. You're getting that now, right? 
I've said it in three different ways. Here's the twist, though. This is what God just hit me tonight, today, this morning uh, when I was studying it. You see, oil is the symbol of God's spirit throughout the Bible. When Samuel and them would anoint the, the king, King David, when he anointed him, he completely put it on upon his body. And they said, and the spirit of the Lord was upon him. So the oil signifies the spirit of God. You getting me? The more hungry and empty, which is the vessels, you come to God, the more oil, God's spirit, he pours into you. Do you get that? The more hungry you come to God, the more he says, bring me all those vessels. I will pour my spirit upon you, and I won't just pour it, but I will overflow it in your life. You know why? Because you're bringing me everything you have and more. Hallelujah. You see, this oil was significant to this, to this young widow woman because it was God's spirit. Today, you and I don't have empty, we don't have actual jars and vessels, but we have a spirit inside. We have an empty container inside. And the more available we become to God, the more he begins to use you. The more you start saturating and say, I'm going to fill myself up with the spirit of God. I'm going to fill myself up with the word of God. I'm going to fill myself up with, some, with something that has to do with God. The more he's going to flow in your life. The more it's going to flow, and it's going to flow, and it's going to overflow. You're going to be like, I need another jar. I need another jar. Uh, let's, let's go. Get another jar in there. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we give God a round of applause? I was literally like, wow, God. Did you just give this to me this morning? It's just like, it blew my mind. But God will use what we are willing to surrender to him. That's why I ended that last song, I Surrender All. Because the only way that God can completely fill you is if you surrender it all. This widow woman had nothing, church. Besides her sons and a jar of oil. And it barely had any in there. But she surrendered it. She said, I don't have anything to give but the last. And I'll give it. And God said, because you have been so faithful in the small giving, I will, I'm going to overflow this jars of oil. And not only that, but your debts will be canceled from this point on. And you and your sons will live off of the excess money you make from the jars. He didn't only just cancel debt. He said, now you will live in abundance. Doesn't that sound like the God that we serve? He came. He died on a cross for you and I. Why? So that we could live forever in eternal life. Amen? What did he do? He said, I got to pay the debt of sin. So I'm going to go sacrifice myself. I'm going to go take a beating. I'm going to go suffer in the most inhumane way. I'm going to get a, a, thorn, a crown of thorns on my head. And I'm going to do it to pay the price. But then he says, but on the third day, I'm going to resurrect. And that's the overflow you're going to experience. That when I resurrect, you are going to be blessed in abundance because of my resurrection. Hallelujah. But you have to be willing to surrender to him. Listen to this. Moses was afraid to tell Pharaoh. Okay. He was, you remember, God said, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. This, you're talking about going and telling like the president of the United States at that time. Okay, <laughs> you know, you don't just walk up in there and make demands. But when you have the spirit of God, you do. Right. But Moses was afraid. He didn't want to do it. And he told God, you want me to go over there to Pharaoh? The, the one that could say, get him, take him, kill him right now. I don't want to deal with him. Right. Moses had a staff, a shepherd's staff in his hand. Okay. And I want you to catch this. This is important. He was afraid. But God said, what, what do you have in your hand? He said, I have a shepherd's staff. And he tells them, from that point on, he begins to use that, that staff 
as a sign of the overflow of God. It's like it's of God's spirit. You, you know, I was talking about the jars and God's spirit pouring oil, right? Well, what Moses begins to do is every time he had the, the, the staff, it was a reminder that the spirit of God was with him. You see, Moses had nothing else besides the staff. He's, this lady had nothing else but the jar, hallelujah. And then later on in the Bible, we realized that, you know, the, the apostles had five loaves and two fish. And God multiplied it to 5,000. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. What you have is sufficient enough for God to multiply and do the blessing in. The reason why God would use those things to show them is because he wanted them to know that the spirit of God was with them. It was a reminder. So it could come back to the story of the widow woman. That spirit of God was in the oil. It was a reminder that God was with her. Moses' staff to part the waters, to touch the ground, to, to turn the water into wine. That was used as the spirit of God's sign. And then when he, when he multiplied the, five, the fish and the loaves, all they had was that. But it was multiplied because that was a sign that God was with them and that was his spirit. Amen? That's so powerful. Because what you bring to God, whatever you have, is sufficient. It's enough. You may think it's nothing but a jar of oil. But the reality is God says, it's more than a jar of oil. Did I not make... You know, did I not feed 5,000? Did I not use a simple shepherd staff, uh, staff, you know, the rod, whatever you want to call it? Did I not do that? And God's here today to tell you, what you bring to me, what you surrender to me, I will multiply. I will make it better. Hallelujah. I will continue to flow in your life. But you have to believe just like the widow woman. I read this scripture quite a bit. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, he is, and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. As she kept getting more and more jars, she could not see that, she couldn't yet, couldn't yet see the filling completely, but she knew it was coming. I want to push you into the spiritual realm today. What we need today in our church is the Holy Spirit. We need God to be in, the, in your spirit. We need you to be reminded of whatever it is, whether it's a scar, whether it's a time you went through, whether it's your ministry that you have on an instrument or singing, whatever it is, God says, I want you to remember that my spirit is with you. And if my spirit is with you, when I say I will pour my spirit upon all nations, uh, that includes you and I. Amen? Hallelujah. Let me share with you that the God that can take a small, insignificant amount of oil for us, hallelujah, can fill our vessels so much that they will overflow. But you have to believe in God. You have to believe that you have purpose. You shouldn't just be coming to church just to come to church. It has to mean something. Hallelujah. It has to mean something. Hallelujah, Jesus. And why does it have to mean something? Because you've heard this before. He takes a mess and gives you a message. Amen? He gets a test, puts you through the test just like the fire of the three Hebrew, Hebrew boys. And, and, he, and they come out living different because he uses a test to get to the testimony. Hallelujah, Jesus. And then he uses every ashes, every ash that you have, that you bring, that you bring to God all filthy. And he turns it into beauty. Isn't that not the God that you and I serve? Hallelujah. He cancels debt. He restores marriages. He heals the brokenhearted. And he gives healing to those who ask. 
But it takes the it takes the widow woman's approach, that mentality of the widow woman saying, I believe that if I just bring the vessel, I believe that all oh, you gotta hear me today. If I can just bring myself to the altar, if I can just bring myself to God, God will do the rest. I don't need anyone else. I don't need something, something miraculous to happen. God will be the overflow in your life. Hallelujah. But you have to be willing to bring the vessel, bring the jars. Go get the, as many jars as you can and say, me and Jesus got a date tonight, and I need him to fill me up with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because he saves those that are lost. Hallelujah. He loves like no other. He cancels out cancer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. He takes every bit of your weakness and gives you strength to carry on. Why does he do this? Because he is the great almighty God. He is the lion and the lamb. He is the God that we serve, that who was in the Old Testament, fulfilled in the New Testament, still to be fulfilled in the upcoming Testament. Hallelujah. This is the God that we serve. But it takes the surrender. It takes your faith to say, I believe that God can do something today. I believe that God can do something in my life. I can't see it yet. The jars are still empty. But I know that once God starts pouring out, the oil, the spirit of God will fall upon us. Jubilee, you got to hear me today. Because God wants to pour his spirit out on Jubilee. What will attract people, God has been speaking to me. What will attract those who need it is the spirit of God. Those who are coming empty and saying, I got nothing but my own empty vessels, God. God says, that's exactly what I need to put you where I need to put you. Hallelujah. But it takes empty vessels. He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. If you constantly search for him, you will find him. And not just him, but the favor and the blessings that follow. But what you consider... Nothing is exactly what you think it is. Hallelujah. Do you think the apostles had an education? Do you think they got a college degree? Some of us are waiting for a college degree to step into the calling that God has for you. Some of you are waiting to learn an instrument and you want to be a professional at that level. And, and you think that it's time to do it and you hold back maybe sometimes because you're worried that you'll never be good enough. Some of you haven't gotten started in your ministry. You haven't preached maybe. You, you know what's in you. You haven't taught. You Maybe you're a teacher and, and you haven't done it because you felt it's just in, it's too small, Sister Becca. It's not enough to make a big deal. But let me just share with you that in Jubilee, God says, I will use every empty jar that makes itself available. If you bring the jar, I'll bring my spirit. And then we're going to have an overflow at the altar. And when we begin to pray at the altar, the spirit of God will begin to change lives. But it doesn't happen without the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. It doesn't happen. And God has been pressing this on my heart. He says, you need my spirit in your church to be able to reach those who need hope. Hallelujah. The people should be walking out of here changed but they have to be willing to surrender the empty vessels amen and for those of you who have been to the church for a while what God is looking from you is an empty vessel to be available hallelujah so that when he pours out his anointing you begin to get filled blessed be the name of Jesus hallelujah those empty vessels in your life is your faith 
you, you've been praying and you've been requesting and, and you have a little bit of oil there and you've been asking God. You've asked God to bless you financially. You're tired of your debt maybe. And, and, and you bring in, then you, you got to bring those empty vessels. Bring those empty vessels. Be, be transparent with God. Don't be afraid of, of, of coming to God and saying, God, I got a problem. Here's my problem. God, I need your help. God, I'm struggling with this. God, I have a problem with this. Bring that to the altar. You see, because the altar isn't just we come up here and just play church and we cry a little bit. The altar is where God says, my presence will be there as long as you want me there. Amen? The more you sow into God's kingdom, the more you reap. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to know that today... God is speaking to a certain people in the church, and, and it's a representation of those that are hungry for God. Those that say, I'm not okay with just being an average churchgoer. The, we go to church every Sunday at 2 p.m. Yeah, it's great. We shout hallelujah. We raise our hands every now and then. We, and then we go, and we're like, okay, where's the party at? Because I'm ready to get down. Amen? Hallelujah. But what I want you to know is that when you come to God with that mentality, saying, God, I need you. I need you, God. I have nothing to give but myself, my filthy self, hallelujah. And God says, that's enough. Because that's what I've been wanting, God says. I just want you. I just want you. That's all he wants. And then when you begin to surrender, the reason why we lift up our hands is we surrender. That's the reason why we lift up our hands. You tell your body, you're going to lift up your hand and praise God. That's a decision you have to make. Because you can sit here at the altar and be like this. And, you know, I'm not saying if God touches you like that way, it's fine. But if you're struggling to break through, lift your hands. Surrender. Close your eyes and say, God, I need you. And then you're going to feel something warm. The spirit of God starts coming in you. And then you feel tears and you're like, I got to hold these back. I got to hold these back because I don't want them to see me. And then the more you hold them back, the more they just start flowing. And then the more you, they start flowing, the more puffed up your eyes are like mine. And then I get done, you're like, man, you went through like 10 rounds with the boxer. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm okay with that because when me and Jesus are, you know, when we're one-on-one, -on -one, it doesn't matter. I'm like, fill my vessels, God. I'll bring you everyone I can, God. Hallelujah. I'll bring the ones that have been buried in the ground that I buried myself because I didn't want to deal with them. I'll, I'll dig them out and I'll bring them to you. Hallelujah. Because if there's one thing I want from you, God, is for you to pour your spirit upon me. I want your Holy Spirit to live in me. I want it to be in my mind. I want it to be when I talk. I want it to be when I preach. I want it to be when I play. I want it to be when I think, when I see. I want you in me and I want you all the time, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let us stand. Hallelujah. God bless you, Sister Sandy, Sister Christy Gonzalez. Hallelujah. God bless you. The book of John, chapter 10, verse 10, says this. You want to know why it's so hard to have a marriage and to have children and to, and to feel sometimes that love for one another. Because there's an enemy, and his name is Satan. And he goes by many names, Satan, Lucifer, the thief, deceiver, and all these other crazy names.
But the word of God says in John 10, 10, he's speaking about Satan. And he says, the thief, listen to this, does not come except, which means, he says, Satan doesn't, has not put, been put on this earth for anything else but, you ready for this? To steal, kill, and destroy. Boom. Mic drop. Right? I won't drop this mic. Got a lot of money. But mic drop. That's it. There's no secret. You know what the enemy's trying to do with you. You know what he's trying to do in your marriage. You know what he's trying to do in your relationship. You know what he's trying to do with your family. He's trying to steal the joy. He's trying to steal something from you and take it away. Because it's not his, but he wants it, brother. He wants to steal it from you. Because the only way he steals it is by you being off guard. And then what he wants to do is he wants to kill dreams. And he wants you to feel that you have no purpose in church. And that you'll never sing right. And that you'll never play right. And that you'll never be a man of God because you've done this and done that and you've done that. And although you've changed your life, it's never been good enough for God, he tells you. So he kills your dreams. And then what he does is he says, oh, you have children? I'm going to destroy their seed. I'm going to try to destroy their future by separating people. By separating marriages. By separating families. By separating people in the church and causing division where I don't feel God anymore. So he destroys. He steals, he kills, and destroys. But let me tell you about a God whose name is Jesus Christ. And he says, but I have come so that you may have life. And not just life, that you can have it more abundantly. Do you know what that means? You don't have to live a slave, brother. You don't have to live in that depression, hallelujah. Come out of depression. Come out of discouragement. Come out of suicide, hallelujah. Come out of those thoughts. Come out of those homosexual thoughts. Come out of those, those pornography thoughts. Come out of it because God says, I've designed my life according, I've designed your life so that you can live free. To break every chain. So that you can say, I hear the chains falling. Hallelujah. That's why he does it. So you can say, I hear the chains falling. It's a spiritual metaphor. You can imagine God breaking things. He's come to give you life. He doesn't want to see you thrown out on some floor because you can't pick yourself up because of alcohol or because of drugs. He can't stand to see his child when he knows you got a future. You're over there in some other world that you shouldn't be in. Steal, kill, and destroy. That's his plan. Now you know what the devil's after. You want to know why you're having problems? Open John 10.10. 10. There you go. God said, I'm not going to give you, I'm going to give you the exact plans of the enemy. I'm going to tell you exactly what he's doing. So that you can recognize it. I always love to read this. John 3, 16, 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. 
whoever believes in him, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus and says, God, I accept you, God, shall not perish but have everlasting life. The verse 17 is one of my favorite. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. If you need vessels to be filled in your life, I'm going to ask you to come to the front so we can pray with you. If you've been feeling the touch.